0: The Wildcard Weekend review episode of The Bearstalk Underground is brought to you by our new friends from Tix Blitz. It's kind of a tongue twister. The official ticket provider of the Armchair Media Network. Unlike other ticketing providers that sneak in extra fees and unexplained service charges, at Tix Blitz, that is going to mess with me. <laughs> Tix Blitz. The price you see is the price you pay. Forgive me, guys. Unnecessary fees shouldn't prevent you from seeing the sporting event, concert, or Broadway show of your choosing. Go to TixBlitz.com and enter promo code armchair at checkout to receive 5% off your total ticket purchase. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com, promo code armchair. TixBlitz, guaranteed seats, guaranteed emotions. This episode is also brought to you by my bookie. The NFL playoffs are here and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. Make sure you're ready for the daily action by signing up with MyBookie today. They pay fast when you win. Ownership really cares about good customer service and they offer the craziest props. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make money during these playoffs, you got to go with MyBookie. Join now in my bookie. will offer you a fifty percent deposit bonus to make sure you have a nice bankroll for the playoffs. Use promo code Bears twenty five when you deposit to activate the offer. That's promo code Bears twenty five at my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Now let's let's all bow our heads and and get ready for the heartbreak. Knee jerk reaction to Bears and the Eagles. In the fourth quarter and uh, it happened again, it really did, it happened again. I figured, why waste time? writing an intro and we all know how the game went so don't have to answer the questions that I always pose in the beginning why not just uh show you the opening moments of my disbelief on how this amazing season for our beloved Chicago Bears ended on Sunday what's going on everybody Larity back for the wild card weekend review episode of the Bears talk underground and I, I apologize for my tardiness I um I tweeted out on Monday night, just not going to be able to do it tonight, guys. I just uh, took an extra day to kind of get over myself and uh, my disappointment, my sadness, whatever you want to call it. Um, Came home from work on Tuesday and had some errands to run before I got home from work and decided to pick up dinner on my way home as well. So I got home. I had dinner relaxed a little bit, was thinking about doing the show, realized that um, I left my phone in my bedroom, so I went into my bedroom and sat down on the bed, started looking at some stuff, and decided to get comfy, and the next thing I knew, it was 1.30 in the morning, so uh, <laughs> there went my plans on getting the show done on uh, Tuesday night, so here I'm bright and early on Wednesday morning because I slept for seven hours from about uh, 7.30, 8 o'clock till about uh, n- nearly 2 a.m. Uh, when I did uh, I'll wake up. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a long day uh, at work because usually around 5 o'clock when, when it's quitting time for me, I've been up for about, I don't know, nine hours since about 6, 6.30. Uh, instead, I'll be clocking in at just around 15 uh, hours. So I figured that, uh, I better go ahead and take advantage of the time that I have this morning, as opposed to trying to gut my way through it on Wednesday night when I got home from work. So here I am just before I, I, I enter my morning routine and, and get ready for work. I'm going to go ahead and, uh, bang this out for you guys. Cause I promised it to you last night and, uh, yeah, I kind of screwed that up. So anyway, now that we got that out of the way, uh, anything exciting happen over the weekend uh, christ almighty it uh I, I can't express to you guys uh how disappointed i am not that we lost but how we lost that's that's the most heartbreaking part of it all i mean you'll hear me talk about it in the fourth quarter knee jerk reaction that you just got a taste of that was the first about 20 seconds of it it, it gets a bit more animated than that i promise um you know, the the, the the anger kicks in uh, for a minute. To, and, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I got kind of pissed <laughs> for a second. But, you know, I expressed the sentiment that it just if, if the Bears, you know, with that minute left in the fourth quarter, the 56 seconds is what it was. If the Eagles had just stopped us and we weren't able to get in field goal range or anything like that, then that's one thing. That's Philadelphia beating us. And even though it was revealed later on that it was it was tipped, which could have thrown off the trajectory, which is why if if you go back and you watch it, the there the ball does kind of fly funny when it's when it's getting towards the uh, towards the upright. So I, I it it did become more of a duck as it got closer to the upright. So I, I be, even though I, I've seen pretty good evidence that there is that that it was tipped at the line of scrimmage uh, by one of the Eagles, um, you know. It, it just would have been a much easier pill to swallow if the Eagles had just beaten us, as opposed to Cody Parkey missing another field goal, doinking it off the damn upright again. Which that was just that was just God laughing at us. That was the football gods laughing at us. That's that's all that was. So, you know, number one, to put the game in in his hands, which is the absolute last thing that any Bear fan on the planet wanted. The last thing. You know, the very last thing. But um, anyway, we'll go ahead and get started from the beginning. We're going to try to get through this as, uh, you know, as, as as quickly and as humanely uh, as possible. Uh, when the game kicked off, you know, it was the main event of the weekend, the last game of, of Wild Card Weekend, which was a bitch waiting for. Believe me, watching all these other games watching three other teams' seasons end and, and just knowing going into that game that my team, it wasn't going to happen to us. We're going to L.A. next week for a rematch with the Rams, see if we can pound them into the dirt on their own turf. And, uh, yeah, uh, but in the beginning, you know, to, to go back to my boxing metaphor that I like to use from time to time, these uh, these two heavyweights uh, kind of feeling each other out, you know, going with uh, you know, some jabs and some body shots, but no haymakers in the early going. Yeah. Knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Eagles after the first quarter of this wild card game. And um, somewhat of a back and forth right now. The The Eagles experience is showing uh, at the moment. Uh, the Bears aren't crumbling under the pressure or anything like that. The defense is doing well. It's more of a bend but don't break at the moment. Um, but offensively, we haven't really been able to get anything going uh, thus far. The Eagles defense is uh, playing as well as that advertised at least in the first couple of possessions that the Bears had uh, in the first quarter. Jordan Howard, however, you know, in the opportunities that he's gotten on the Bears uh, short... Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. opportunities able to get some decent uh, running and it always seems to be like one fingernail a tackle away from being able to break one maybe not necessarily for a touchdown but at least being able to get to the third level and get 15 20 yards on a gain twice now I've seen him run up the middle and for some guy to come in and get like a shoelace tackle that trips him up and what could have been about a 15 or a 20 yard gain is like a six or a seven uh, yard gain kind of thing uh, passing wise We're missing Trey Burton uh, in this ballgame. Came up with a groin injury on Saturday and was inactive for today's game. Eddie Jackson is active, but he hasn't played yet uh, for the Bears. So I wonder what's going on there. But defensively, we're getting after Foles. Um, We're being stout. We're being bend but don't break. But Philly was able to work the chains, and get their first drive and a result in a field goal. So the Eagles are up 3 nothing right now at the end of one. As we start the second quarter, the Eagles with their third – Offensive possession of the game, they've uh, got a couple of first downs here, and and actually just a couple of plays ago, it was third and nine, and they they run a draw play. The Eagles run a draw play, and the running back gets smacked about a yard short, like runs into a brick wall right at the marker, and they gave him like another full yard past the first down marker, and for whatever reason, Nagy didn't challenge it. I don't know why, you know. I know that the Eagles ran up to the line of scrimmage and got it. Uh, uh, snapped as quickly as possible but there was definitely plenty of time for the Bears to be able to make a decision and can throw the challenge flag on that one but they didn't uh, but here we go we're getting back to the second quarter the Eagles uh, have the football with a three-point lead and uh, we'll see how it goes from here hopefully we'll get settled down and uh, take over the game <laughs> So, like I said in the first quarter, the experience of Philadelphia having been there, done that, uh, was kind of showing they came out seemingly a bit more prepared uh, than the Bears. Not that you know it was embarrassing for us or, or, or anything uh, like that. I mean, the Bears came to play. That was evident, and and that was the one thing that I've really enjoyed about watching Nagy do his thing, or or how the team has played under naggy is that you know i when i mentioned i mentioned during the the preview episode that the one thing that i've loved about this team that that i've loved under as far as seeing changes under naggy that how many times throughout this season have you ever heard me say that we didn't appear like we were ready to play or that we came out flat or, or anything like that? You know, I think maybe the Arizona game, maybe the Miami game where the heat was really kind of getting to us and, and things like that. But overall, you know, it just seemed like the Bears were always ready to play. Thus was the case against the Eagles, just that they had a bit more success in the first quarter than we did. Punching that first drive uh, in for a score, with the field goal so i mean that was uh you know an early punch uh, from the from the eagles and 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 kind of uh you know their declaration that they came to play uh as well going up against the the best defensive unit in football driving it down the field and 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 putting points on the uh board it was quite a statement uh from philly and, and as you heard me say offensively it just and it happened a couple of times throughout the game. Actually, there was one uh, play in particular. I think it was a third and short or a third and one uh, type play. Uh, you know, it's like Philly loaded up the entire uh, line of scrimmage. They put just about every defender they have uh, in the box to to defend against this run. Jordan Howard breaks through, but one of the defenders got just enough of him that he gets tripped up and he falls down. Uh, you know, if he gets past that guy, if he gets through that tackle, it's off to the races. Touchdown, maybe I don't know, but it would have been a huge play, and that happened at least three or four times that I can think of uh, throughout the game, including a couple of times that I that I that I that I, that I mentioned in the uh, in that first quarter knee jerk reaction. Howard was one broken tackle away uh, from being able to to have huge gains in this football game and become a much bigger factor. Uh, than he ended up uh, being so I mean it it was um, you know we 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 knew at the end of the first quarter that we were in for a game Uh, you know if you didn't know that from the first first possession where where Philly drove it down the field and put a field goal on the board but uh, you know you definitely knew it at the end of the first quarter we're down three nothing we're at home and and here we are the defending champs are 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 flexing their muscles here and uh, you know in the second quarter it was more the same you know, if, you know, the Bears were able to, to make some things happen. They got some turnovers off of Nick Foles. They killed some promising drives defensively, um, but offensively still weren't able to get anything going. And then we had the most bizarre chain of events happen on the drive that ended the half. I mean, it, it, this... The play to Anthony Miller, I'll, we'll, I'll talk about it afterwards. But trust me, buckle in, because this knee-jerk reaction is four and a half minutes long, and I spend I spend about half of it talking about what happened in the corner and then the rest of it talking about what happened on this bananas play just before the end of the half. Knee-jerk reaction to the second quarter, the Bears and the Eagles, and it was a pretty, you know, Pretty under an un, uneventful quarter until this last couple of minutes of the first half. I mean, the I mean the sec a lot happened in the second quarter, but it wasn't really much to write home about for the most part. That drive that the Eagles finished the first quarter started the second quarter with, uh, ended in a interception from Roquan Smith, an amazing play where he was basically trying to knock the ball down and ended up coming down with it, and the Bears turned that into a field goal opportunity to tie up the game at three. Then we go back and forth. Uh, Another uh, decent-looking drive later from the uh, Eagles ends in an interception in the end zone uh, by Adrian Amos. Uh, There were a couple of plays in this game uh, a couple of times where Uh, Nick Foles kind of floated one up and it just looked like a throw that was just dying to be intercepted. And one time it landed harmlessly into the hands of, of um, Alshon Jeffrey for a first down. The second time was like third and five and Nick Foles just floated it up to a spot and Golden Tate fall underneath it and picked up a big gain on third down. Well, the third time was the charm as Foles floated one up in the end zone and threw it into like either triple or quadruple coverage. There was no way the the Eagle receiver was coming down with it, but he was under pressure. He was being hit by Akeem Hicks and smothered by Leonard Floyd on the back end. He throws it up. Adrian Amos comes down with it and kills the most promising touchdown drive for the Eagles. The Bears, on the other hand, we had a scare early in the second quarter with Mitch Trubisky making a scramble on third down right before the Cody Parkey field goal, but he comes up lame. He was limping a little bit as he goes to the sideline, so Every Bear fan in the country's butthole puckered up when we saw that happen. But Mitch came back out, and he's been fine. But, uh, you know, right here at the very end is where all of the excitement happened because the Bears are running the two-minute drill, moving the football very effectively through the passing game on the Eagles. The Eagles somewhat in a prevent and keeping everything in front of them kind of thing. And then just as we're getting into Eagle territory, Mitch throws a dime to Anthony Miller, a beautiful throw to Anthony Miller. Miller makes the catch. However, Craven LeBlanc, our old nickel corner, gets his arm in there. and basically Miller catches the ball and Craven LeBlanc's arm at the same time. Now, in real time, it happens so fast. Miller makes the catch, goes down, ball comes out. So it looks like in real speed, in real time, like Miller didn't complete the catch. He didn't go to the ground with the catch. When you run it back in slow motion, Miller gets like three or four feet down before he gets tackled, and it looks like if we're counting it as a catch with the three or four steps that Anthony Miller took, it actually became a fumble. But no one recovered the ball because it was blown dead by the officials. It was actually an official that recovered the football. When they went back and replayed it, it was ruled that because there was no clear recovery, therefore the play never ended. The play on the field the call on the field stood as an incomplete pass. So I don't know if that's the rule or if they were just making it up as they go or the referees are trying to clear up their mistake but that's how it happened the Bears were able to get a few more yards and Cody Parkey just added a field goal at the half to the Bears take the lead into halftime six to three now this has been one hell of a knee-jerk reaction almost four minutes long at this point This is where the game is going to be won, here at halftime. I believe that defensively the Bears have found their rhythm, that bend but don't break that they were doing in the start of the first quarter. They seem to be clamping down on the Eagles as the quarter, uh, as the half came to a close. It's going to be up to our offense to step up and make some plays kind of like they were doing in the last half of the second quarter to see if we can put some touchdowns on the board and put some distance between us and the Eagles. But right now we have the lead and we get the ball back to start the second half so there was a mouthful uh for you i hope you're still with me um but yeah that that was a banana sequence that that happened there and it it is actually documented in the rule book they had to deep dig deep into the archives but they were able to find the, the the rule that says because there was no clear recovery they basically had to allow the call on the field to stand. And unfortunately, the call on the field was an incomplete pass because there was no clear recovery because the referee blew it dead. He was off, uh, even though as far as what really actually happened on the field, it was a live ball that nobody recovered. It was the referee that walked up to it and picked it up off of the – off of the ground, so I mean, Anthony Miller didn't do it. There were two other Eagles, including LeBlanc, and one other uh, defender in the area. Nobody picks up the football. The referee is, you know, waving his hands in the air, walks over to it, picks it up, and then proceeds to, you know, go along with the the play. It was inside of two minutes, so the Bears didn't have to burn a timeout to challenge it or anything like that. It was automatically reviewable. But even after it was reviewed, it was decided that since there was no clear recovery by either squad, that they would have to, could they, even though there was a clear catch, and Anthony Miller took like three or four steps, clear steps, dragging, you know, Craven LeBlanc to the ground with him. Um, they had to go with the original call on the field because that was basically the end result. So never mind the Bears being first and five at the five. Now it's third and three back to wherever it was they were on the field uh, at the time. And, it was you know, they were in field goal range. So they ended up just settling uh, for the field goal. So I don't remember if we got the first down after that or not, but... I mean, talk about what a huge difference that makes. If we're first and ten, first and first and goal at the five, instead of third and three back in field goal range and uh, and what have you, we could be talking about something completely different going down just before the half. I mean, who knows? The like I said, the Eagles were playing very well uh, on defense. The Bears were kind of slow going on offense until that particular drive. It was really the first real drive that the Bears put together as far as being any real threat to put any uh, touchdowns uh, on the board, which is what I was talking about there at the end. I believe that the defense, uh, despite some of its troubles on third down, believed that the defense had found its groove with Philly. You know, that they were really getting after Foles. They only sacked him one time, but we were really getting after him, forcing him to make throws under duress, which is what we wanted. And, uh, you know, that's why I really thought it would be up to the offense to come out and put some points on the board. We started the second half with the football, so the opportunity uh, was there. And we'll talk about what happened that here in in just a minute. But before I did that, I I wanted to go back and and comment a second on, on, on those throws that I talked about from Foles. And those, those two that he floated up there that just happened to land safely in the hands of other Eagles for first downs and, 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 and whatnot... Those were the moments where we really missed Eddie Jackson, in, in my opinion. I mean, how many times this year was was Eddie the you know, the man on this, you know, the, the, the man Johnny on the spot, you know, this year. And, and and so many times that we've seen him just be the be the, in the right place at the right time. And I just had a feeling that if he was healthy and if he was playing, that he would have been there to, to make those plays with those balls f- floating harmlessly through the air and then finding their way into golden tate's hands for that big play it was third and five they got like 28 yards uh, on that play the alshon jeffrey thing was one of those where he was under duress and he just barely gets it off and it just it's floating up in the air and you're like oh that's a pick that's an interception and then it lands to in in alshon jeffrey's hands and he was wide open uh as well so i mean it was uh he was playing with fire there and, and getting lucky and then like i said the third time was the charm he decided to float one up with three bears four actually in the in the area and it was Adrian Amos that came down uh and, and made the interception that that killed their most promising offensive drive uh, of the first half so it's like we just seemed to be able to answer the call we had trouble stopping them on third down they were 6 for 13 uh in the game or maybe a little bit better than that let me look i have the stats right here actually so third down yeah 6 for 13 uh, on third down so almost 50% it seemed a lot more than that actually uh, but uh, it, that's what the case was. And we were only like five for 16, which is only a third uh, of, uh, of the conversion. So uh, anyway, as we move into the second half, started to get a little bit nervous. But, you know, we have we had a lead going into halftime. Uh, seemingly, we had some momentum, even though I, I feel like some of our momentum was stolen by that weird, controversial moment there before halftime. Uh, but nonetheless we have the lead we're at home the defense appeared to have things under control but as we move into the third quarter they have they have their worst drive uh in a long time and it ended up having a huge factor in the ball game knee-jerk reaction to the third quarter of the bears and the eagles and probably my least favorite quarter of the game so far um you know, like I said, at the end of the second half or the end of the first half, the the defense seemed to have found its rhythm. It 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 was where it was bending and not breaking in the first quarter. It was starting to impose its will upon the Eagles. Well, they're one of the in, in a drive for the Eagles in the third quarter. They started giving gifts to the Eagles. Uh, The first one being on a third down play, uh, a pass intended for Zach Ertz. Adrian Amos comes in and hits him, and it was helmet-to-helmet, 15-yard penalty, what should have been fourth down, Eagles punt, and there you go becomes an extension of drive, 15-yard penalty, first down, Eagles. A couple of plays later, Prince of Mucamora called for pass interference. It was a 33-yard penalty uh, along with a, a too-many-men-on-the-field penalty. It was 52 yards in penalties on a 77-yard drive that the Eagles capped off with a touchdown pass from Nick Foles to Dallas Goddard to take the lead 10-6. to The offense kind of came out st- you know, uh, I, I want to say flat in the third quarter, you know, and, and, and it's not really so much flat. I mean, the opening drive of the second half was five minutes long, but it ended in, in a punt, and the Bears weren't really any getting – any rhythm offensively whereas defensively they seem to kind of find their rhythm offensively they're still struggling to find it but light at the end of the tunnel appears to be the bears having their best offensive drive of the half right now at the close of the third quarter so as we move into the fourth quarter we're down four it's ten to six but the bears are threatening and it seems like they're they're a bit more Uh, comfortable in pass protection. Mitch is able to find his receivers. He's been feeding Allen Robinson pretty heavy, and the Bears are moving the chain. So we'll see what goes on from here. We're in Philly territory. Let's see if we can finish it off and retake the lead. So I just looked at the stats again, and those three penalties for 52 yards were the only penalties of the game for the Bears. They had no penalties on offense, and before and after that drive, the defense – no penalties either. So those three penalties that allowed Philadelphia to move the football down the field, where they only had to gain 25 of the 77 yards that they uh, that they marched down the field to get that touchdown. <sighs> I mean, it all started with that hit from 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 Adrian Amos. I mean, I I didn't get a chance to see the play again. I only in base and when I did see it, all I was focusing on was what the penalty on 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 amos was for it was the defenseless receiver um foul because Ertz, you know was defenseless or so i've never really been a fan of that uh rule you know you come you're making a catch you're in the nfl you're gonna get hit that you know defenseless or not that's the game so i've never really liked the defenseless player uh rule you know it as a, as a Bear fan, if it happens to us, obviously we'll take it. But it's just as a football fan in general, you know, watching it happen to any one of the other 31 teams, it's it's like this is – it's football. You, you come across the middle, you're going to get hit. You know, you, you, you're, you're down the sideline like that, behind the cornerback, in front of the safety. The safety's coming down. He's going to hit you. So never been a fan of the rule. But even if it wasn't the defenseless receiver thing, it may have been unnecessary roughness because it was helmet to helmet. Amos did lower his helmet, hit Ertz right between the eyes with his own helmet. So either way, Amos is getting flagged uh, for that, and it was it ended up being a, a silly penalty. Uh, like I said, when I went back to look at it, that's all I was looking at. I didn't notice whether or not Ertz was going to catch the ball or if it was a catchable pass or or anything like that. Chris Collinsworth, I believe, said that you know it was a stupid penalty because Ertz wasn't going to catch the ball. So... If you go by what Collinsworth said, then that makes it twice as dumb. But uh, you know, nonetheless, it happened. It extended the drive. I think two or three plays later was when we had 12 guys on the field just before the snap. So they, the the referees blew the play dead and and called the that. And then like the very next play after that was the was the pass interference on on Prince and Mukamura. So it was it, it they just. Move the football down the field by the Bears helping them on that one drive. And it was, uh, until the end of the game, their most successful drive, but they had very little to do with it. So that was the most disappointing part. And as I look at the stats, I didn't realize until I just looked at it, those were the only penalties that were called against the Bears for the entire game. Those three penalties that gave the Philly their only touchdown before the, the two-minute warning was the difference in the football game, and uh, so yeah, that's frustrating to see. And then, like I said, offensively, yeah, the first drive of the quarter was nearly five minutes long, but it ended in a punt. We we moved the chains a couple of times, but we didn't make anything happen to to establish any kind of rhythm early on in the second half. It wasn't until we started getting closer to the end of the third quarter like with this drive that I was talking about light at the end of the tunnel as I said we started moving the chains we got into Philly Philly territory at the end of the third quarter we ended up settling for a field goal at the beginning of the fourth quarter make it 10 to nine I I did a knee-jerk reaction for the two-minute warning Uh, I don't remember how much I I gave away as to what actually happened but uh, here that is you know we, we we have a lead we're up 15 to 10 with two minutes to go and Philly has the ball yeah. Knee jerk reaction. The two minute warning with the Bears and the Eagles, and our beloved have the lead. They had a really great touchdown drive they put together to go up 15 to 10. Um, and they had they had a oh, Cody Parkey field goal they added earlier to make it 10 nine. The touchdown drive made it 15 to 10. They went for two and didn't get it, so it sits at 15 to 10 right now. What makes it nerve wracking is that well, like I said, we're at the two minute warning, and the Eagles are in are deep in Bears territory. They're in scoring position, and um, they've been kind of dinking and dunking down the field on this one. They cannot run the football against the Bears, and it's it's all passing, and, and while the Bears have done a fantastic job Hitting Nick Foles, they haven't done a good job getting to Nick Foles. You know what I'm saying? And it's um, the Bears need a big play here. They need a big play to to force a field goal and, and force Philly to try to use up their timeouts to get the ball back and do the onside thing and and all that kind of stuff. So this is a super stressful game. We knew it was going to be tight. We knew it was going to be close. But even though it's five points, Philly needs to score a touchdown. The Bears have have been bending but not breaking. But here we go we're coming back from the break on the two minute warning 15 to 10 let's see where we're at 120 seconds from now so we have the we have the lead but philly's moving the ball um i just went back to look to double check we only gave up one third down uh conversion on on that drive it was the third and nine throw to alshon jeffrey which (laughs) how much did it just piss you off that how how hyped up alshon jeffrey was at everything that he did Uh, in the game the very little that he did do but the catches that he made were critical and um, he was you know waving to the crowd putting his hands up to his ears what a dick anyway (laughs) but uh, nonetheless you know there we go in in the final two minutes Philly is threatening we have this lead we kind of kind of glossed over not getting that two-point conversion which was much more important you know as we as uh, after what happened in in the final minutes uh, of the game after I did that knee-jerk reaction I'll talk about that here uh in a bit but um you know we we go there it, you know we've regained the lead uh the you know it, it's up to the defense to stop Philadelphia uh from getting back in uh to the end zone and and Philly had to earn this one and unfortunately they did and then we get down to the nitty-gritty and we're we've come full circle Back to that moment that I started the show with, my knee-jerk reaction to how the season ended. Knee-jerk reaction to Bears and the Eagles in the fourth quarter, and uh, it happened again. It really did. It happened again. uh, The Bears uh, gave up the touchdown with about 55, 56 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. The Eagles went for two, and they fell short. So it's 16 to 15. The Bears get the ball back. They get an amazing kickoff return by Tariq Cohen. That makes it much easier for the Bears to move the football. Mitch Trubisky was fantastic tonight. He was awesome. He started out slow, was a little iffy in the beginning, but as the second half progressed, he stepped up. He was the one that helped get us to where we got here in the fourth quarter. A couple of really great throws to uh, Allen Robinson, got the Bears in field goal range, and for the sixth time this year, Cody Parkey bangs it off a goddamn upright, and the season is over. Just like that, this magical season where we could have won the Super Bowl, for it ends because of a goddamn kicker. Not because our defense came up short. We only allowed 16 points tonight. Not because our offense didn't get it done. Obviously, we didn't score enough to win, but the offense put themselves in a position to win it, and it was the kicker that once again sinks us, doinking it off the goddamn upright. If we fall short on offense and we can't get into field goal range, it's a much easier pill to swallow. It absolutely is. When it comes down to a guy... I I'm, I tweeted earlier today that the only thing that made me nervous about the game was that there is no tomorrow if we lose. And I said I was not ready. I'm not done watching this team play yet is what I said. And that's exactly what happened. I'm done watching this team play. And the 2018 season is over uh, for the Bears because of Cody Parkey and his inability to – answer the call everybody else did not cody parkey so yeah you you, you saw me there uh, or heard me there i should say uh at times having trouble finding the words you know what what did i want to say what did i want to uh express uh in that moment and in that moment i was feeling no empathy sympathy whatsoever for cody Parky. uh wasn't aware at the time that it would it, i mean and it's been an official change by the nfl uh it's it's not a missed field goal it's a blocked kick now uh, apparently the evidence was enough for them to actually change the uh official ruling on the actual uh kick itself so you know and, and uh, you know we've had been having this discussion the last couple of days online uh, on facebook doesn't uh you know doesn't that also fall on the kicker the ball getting blocked and in a way it does but at the same time with the the tiniest piece that that guy got of the ball i mean so much that there are people out there who don't think that he got it um it it becomes more of a good play on his part than it does a bad kick from cody parkey and and you know i know that nobody wants anybody defending him right now but i that's that's just how i feel uh i mean he still missed the kick it still happened it doesn't change anything it doesn't change the outcome of the football game but it does change things it does change it didn't um, change how i felt about cody parkey uh, at the moment and and going forward so do i want the guy back next year no i don't because of the year that he had not because he had that moment but because of the year that cody parkey had we lost a, we lost the the miami game if we win the miami game we're 13 and 3 because of our head-to-head win over the Rams, we're on the bye week. We're just now going to be playing this week. We're we're going to be hosting the the Dallas Cowboys uh, on Sunday, or you know, or or maybe the Rams are coming to us in Soldier Field if they had gotten past the Eagles or or whatever, you know. But that's what happened. So it, it just uh, it sucks that uh, you know he had a bad year. He most likely will be back though. So I want you guys to all brace yourselves. For that, the, the likelihood of the Bears cutting Parkey in the offseason, very, very low. Very, very low because of the contract that we signed. His, his contract for next season or his, his, uh, yeah his salary for next year is fully guaranteed. And it would cost us more to cut him than it would to keep him. So at the very least, at the very least, expect the Bears to sign or draft another kicker, I would say that is going to be competition and if Parkey loses his job in training camp then so be it I guess the Bears will will take that after you know we'll take that and, and just deal with the dead cat money for 2019 if he can't win the job or keep the job in training camp that is a more likely scenario than Cody Parkey being uh being sent off to pasture during the offseason so I want everybody to brace for that I want everybody to Get ready for that and and also stop talking about Robbie Gold for the love of holy Christ, guys. I mean, obviously that didn't that, you know, doesn't look like a good decision by Ryan Pace. Now, at the time, it was the right call. It was the right move for everybody involved because I guess Robbie just needed a change of scenery because he's been stellar since we let him go. But not only did the Bears cut him at the beginning of 2016, he was lousy in the preseason. He actually cost us a couple of games in 2015 and wasn't his reliable self uh, anymore. It was, it was the right move to make. And not only did the Bears let him go, but nobody picked him up. So it wasn't like, oh, it was like, oh, shit, Robbie Gold is available. Let's go and get him. That didn't happen. He was added to the Giants midseason, and that was after the Giants kicker went down with an injury. So when he kicked against us in 2016, when the Bears traveled to the Meadowlands in 2016, he'd only been on the team for a week, maybe two at the time. We played them week 10 or 11 uh, in 2016. So everybody just needs to stop with the whole Robbie Gold thing. Hey, Robbie Gold this, Robbie Gold that. It's, it sucks that he's gone. It sucks that we had to let him go. But it was the right time at the time. It was the right move for everybody involved. OK, Robbie was able to go and then he changes scenery, you know, get his second win in his career. And he's a free agent. So he's going to make some money in the offseason. Everybody's talking about how they want the Bears to sign him. That would be great. I don't know how that's going to happen, though. Kickers aren't as expensive, <laughs> but uh, he's not going to be a cheap kicker, especially after the year. He only missed one kick all year this year. He's not going to be a cheap guy to, to, to sign uh, this year. And kickers can kick their till they're 90. So. Even though Robbie Gold's like 34, 35, he's still got, you know, at least, you know, five to six good years left before. I mean, not everyone can be Vinatieri kicking until he's, he's 46 right now in the playoffs with the Colts. But, you know, everybody just stop with Robbie Gold. I love Robbie Gold. I miss Robbie Gold. But we cut Robbie Gold at the right time. OK, so it's not like he was a salary cap decision or he was a money decision. He was a lousy kicker decision he was have he had a bad 2015 season and it did not look like the offseason did him any good because he was shaky and inconsistent in the preseason in 2016 uh as well everybody seems to forget that just because he's been kicking well since he started kicking for other other teams okay so it and that what that says is being cut by the bears was the right decision and it was the best thing for him as well because he was able to move on, refocus, take some time off, he comes back when he gets another shot and now Robbie Gold is Robbie Gold again. So, but everybody needs to let that go. Stop talking about what a what a mistake that was for Ryan Pace cuz it was the right decision at the time. Okay? Everybody seems to forget that and it keep and it pisses me off actually, that everybody keeps talking about how great Robbie Gold has been since the Bears cut him, forgetting the fact that he almost sat out the entire 2016 season. That's how anxious the rest of the league was to have Robbie Gold in 2016. He's made the most of the opportunity that he got since he got cut, and God bless him for it. He's one of my favorite Bears because he was an awesome kicker for over a decade for us. But when we let him go, it was the right thing at the right time. So everybody just let it go let it go now back to the fourth quarter <laughs> it um you know it what happened happened and it sucks it really does and uh, that that um two-point conversion ended up being a much bigger deal than uh it uh than it was being played as uh at the moment we get that two-point conversion it's 17 to 10 and then, if Philly drives the field and scores a touchdown, they've got a decision to make: Do they want to go for two and get the hell out of Dodge? Do they want to kick the extra point and take their chances in in overtime? It's it's an interest. It puts all the pressure back on on Philly. And ev- if everything plays out the way that it did, when they go for go for two at the end and don't get it, the Bears win the game there. You know. So I mean, we had. Plenty of opportunities to, to win this football game, you know, the defense with, the, with that very uncharacteristic-like drive with, with all the penalties, you know. And, and, and like I've said a few times this year, it's all going to come down to which team makes fewer mistakes. And in this football game, despite Nick Foles and his two interceptions, it was the Bears that ended up making more mistakes uh, in this game. You know it, the the three penalties in one drive. That's more than two interceptions right there, because in in a game where points were at a premium, thirty one total points scored in the game. There's um, those are those three huge mistakes right there. At le- at the very least, you can count two. That thirty three yard pass interference penalty, the fifteen yard uh, unnecessary roughness that extended the drive on third down. Uh, of all things, that that knots us up two and two. The missed extra, the missed two point conversion. There's another mistake. I mean, the 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 Bears ended up making more mistakes than Philly. That's why Philly is on their way to New Orleans, and we're not on our way to California to play the L.A. Rams. That's why I'm doing this show on Wednesday morning because I was depressed, as opposed to doing it on Victory Monday. So it's it's a heartbreaking thing. Uh, You heard me say, you know, it'd be one thing if, if if Philly had beaten us if they stopped us from getting close, if we, we had to do a whole Hail Mary thing to try to win the game at the end because we couldn't get close enough for a field goal, and, or God forbid, you know, while we're driving the field, we've used our last timeout and Mitch gets sacked and we can't get back to the line of scrimmage. And, you know, all those scenarios where the Bears come up short, then Philly just beat us. Then that's, that's all it was. But for, for this season... With that defense, with the way that Mitch was really cooking there at the end, it looked like we'd we done it. We had done it. We got ourselves in field goal range. We, we did what we were supposed to do. We're the better team here. Therefore, we're, we have the advantage at the end. It's on us. Are we going to win this game or not? And Philly got uh, by a fingernail, literally. Philly, Philly just uh, – Philly, Philly beat us to it. Philly beat us on Sunday. So, I mean, it really sucks and um you know but um hindsight being what it is um i feel terrible for cody parkey i mean just imagine if that was you how bad would you feel if uh if if that's something if something like that had happened i mean even if he hadn't missed all those kicks or had that day against detroit and he misses it or gets it bangs it off the upright or anything. Either way, no matter what happens, season is over. No matter what kind of year he had, he could have been like uh, like Gary Anderson for the Vikings back in the day. Guy hadn't missed a kick in two years. He makes that field goal for the Vikings in the NFC Championship game. They've got a two-scored lead with two minutes to play. They're going to the Super Bowl. Instead, he hooks it wide right, sets off a chain of events for the best team to never make a Super Bowl to not make the Super Bowl. So you know it doesn't matter what kind of year that he had in that moment it was all on him or at least that's how it appears even though we had plenty of opportunities to uh to take the pressure off of him that didn't happen and in the end it came down to him and we were all worried about it uh, a couple of you tweeted me that uh if it comes down to Cody Park, we're probably gonna lose and I said based on the evidence I would have to agree so hopefully it doesn't come to that and sure enough it did and uh in the end uh, God bless him, but uh, Cody Parkey was not meant to be the hero uh, this time. So, like I said, brace yourselves, guys. They're not going to cut him. It's, uh, th- it's not going to happen. So I, I do believe that there will be a camp leg. Somebody will come in. I've, maybe even somebody legitimate will come in to test uh, Cody Parkey. And to push him in the preseason, and there will be a a kicker competition, I believe that is the move to make. Make Cody earn his job. And if he can't do it, if, if he's mentally not strong enough to handle it, then it's worth taking the salary cap hit to move on. But to just flat out move on now and take our chances with somebody else, probably not the best move, especially considering, you know, with the groundswell of support from his teammates, Regardless of his performance this year, Cody Park, he's a popular guy in that locker room, and the chemistry of this team this year has been amazing, and uh, I I don't think it would be a good move to to, to let him go at this time. So, you know, speaking of chemistry and everything, that's the other thing that makes it so awful that the season is over. Just, I mean, how special. This is a once, it feels like a a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Not that we won't be able to do it next year. I'll talk a lot more about this because we got a year-in-review show coming. It'll probably be Sunday, Monday next week. Okay, so I'm going to take a few more days to uh, collect myself and, and and coordinate with our good friend uh, Lauren Cox to see when he'll be free to come onto the uh, onto the show. Maybe even try to throw another guest or two uh, in there to uh, to summarize this season. But um, you know, it's uh, it's been a tough pill. And uh, the Bears will bounce back, I've been saying, even before the season started, even after the Khalil Mack trade, I felt like I've, I've been f- feeling like all along I, I, I thought that 2019 was going to be the year, okay? And I was texting with a buddy of mine who was trying to console me via text after the game that, uh, you know, but 2019 year, 2019, that's, uh, that's going to be a big year and everything. And, and I said to him, and I'll say it to you now, and I have kind of been preaching this all along, even with this amazing season that we had, was that I've I thought all along, I thought all along that twenty nineteen was gonna be the year. Year two under Nagy. We're not learning an offensive system. We're exploring the you know, we're 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 tweaking it now. We we know what we like, we know what we don't, we know what works, we know what don'ts, that that kind of thing. Uh, year number two for, uh, Trubisky, his first season where he doesn't have to learn a new offense from scratch. He knows this. He's, he already knows the basics. Now it's time to, to get into the advanced levels and, and really learning and getting deep into the offense, an offseason of being able to train with all these guys, a second full off season, full OTAs and, and training camp for Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith and, and whoever it is, the bears might want to add because, you have to believe that after the year that we had and the way that Nagy has become, you know, known for being able to connect with players, even though we don't have much salary cap space, people are going to be clamoring to play for the bears uh, in, in 2019. So, I mean, we've become a, a, a free agent destination. You would, you would have to think uh, after the way this season went. So, I mean, brighter days, brighter days might be ahead. And, and the, what I told him was I thought all along that night 2019 would be the season After the way that this year went, I know it is. I know 2019 is the year that we'll be looking at this loss on like a year in 18 months from now. September of 2020, August of 2020, whatever it is, we'll be watching the America's game on NFL Network for the 2019 world champion Chicago Bears. I know it. I know it. I mean, that's just how I feel. And the beginning of America's game will will start with us losing that wild card game to Philly. That's where the road to the Super Bowl in 2019 began, was being able to come back in 2019 and answer for that loss. So I, I, I believe that's how it's going to go down. That's, that's the storybook that I'm writing right now, is that we lose that game in Philly, and that's the that's the crux. That's, that's the starting point for a world championship in 2019 i i thought that the bears would be serious contenders in 2019 now i know that they will be we'll have a first round by next year Hell, we might even be number one and we're going to go to the super bowl in, in 2019 i i don't even know where it is next year i think it's back in new orleans wouldn't that be something number one it's 34 years since we won a super bowl in 85 34, obviously the number for Walter Payton. So it's a <laughs> it's a sacred it's a sacred year. Thirty-four years. And I believe the Super Bowl is back in New Orleans. So why wouldn't that be the time that we go back? Why not? This is all for it all to come through. Thirty-four years since the last one. Thirty-four is sweetness is number. It's back in New Orleans. And so are the Bears. So I'm calling it now. We're going to the Super Bowl next year. This game will be the reason why. We're going to be hungry and angry and pissed off to answer for this game and put ourselves back in the Super Bowl so I'm gonna forego bear up and bear down this year I think it's or this week I should say we'll do bear up and bear downs in the year in review uh episode for the season um you know obviously you know if if I was doing it bear down Cody Parkey bear up to Mitch Trubisky Allen Robinson for sure um you know bear down Adrian Amos that that penalty that uh you know, he got the interception, he's had a great year, but that was the worst time to have one of those penalties uh, pop up, it was the, the, it catapulted the Philly to into the end zone, which had a big, big part in, in, in how the game ended up, so, you know, just a shotgun, bear up, bear down there for you, so, anyway, the sun is starting to creep through my windows now, as it uh, starts to come up, so I need to jump in the shower, and get ready for work, and uh, so, Here's the show for you guys. Uh, Keep your eyes on the Twitter feeds, BTU underscore Larry on on Twitter and the Bears Talk Underground Facebook page. Just search Bears Talk Underground uh, on Facebook. We'll be back. Uh, I'm I'm probably going to try to get it done Sunday during the Eagles game because that's the last one that I want to watch. And once again, it's the last game of the weekend. So see if I can't get that recorded during that game and, and be distracted from what's going on there. Hope to have Lauren Cox and maybe see about getting some other guests on the show to help sum up. This amazing season. And uh, until then, my name is Larry D. And this has been the Bears Talk Underground. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor.